Hey everybody, my name is Dr. Christopher Lee. I am the Associate Dean for the literature-based English degree programs at SNHU at both the bachelor's and the master's level. And these are a couple of the largest English programs in the United States. So I thought it might be interesting and hopefully useful as well to hear a little bit about how I got to be where I am today. So like a lot of people who end up as English majors, my love of reading started at an early age. Um, I am an only child and I was raised by a single mother um, who was also an only child and by grandparents who were immigrants. Uh, all of us lived in a small apartment in Brooklyn, New York. And my grandfather was the only one who was working. My mother stayed home to raise me and he supported us on a single salary of a factory worker. Uh, he worked in a factory that was involved in sewing and producing clothing. So we were poor, but we didn't necessarily realize we were, or I didn't realize we were. Uh, I certainly realized that I couldn't have all the latest toys that I saw on TV growing up. Um, and I was aware that we had to budget, but otherwise I wasn't really I wasn't really sure that we were poor. I didn't feel that way. Uh, my grandmother was also emotionally abusive and quite strict, so I wasn't allowed to socialize much. Um, I could go to school and, have, and talk to my friends there, but I wasn't allowed to talk on the phone. Um, I wasn't allowed to have friends over. I wasn't allowed to go to friends' houses and stuff like that, uh, among other things. Basically, I went to school and I came home. And being home was a bit rough as well because of my grandmother's behavior. Um, all of this means that, or meant, that I wasn't allowed to socialize, and so I turned to the world of the imagination and the world of reading. I turned inward into a mental world. Um, I read everything from comic books, Marvel, not DC, uh, classics like 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea and Call of the Wild, and even the encyclopedia and the dictionary. Um, this was before Wikipedia and online, before the internet and before online encyclopedias. So it was a thick, hard copy encyclopedia. Didn't read it end to end, but I did read, read things that were interesting to me. And this fed my interest in, in reading, and ultimately in the English degree. So maybe you have similar stories about your love of reading and how uh, that got you going in this direction as well. Uh, because I read a lot, I also liked to write. And I drew comics and wrote comics um, had notebooks and notebooks full of stories. And also, I think that's kind of a natural extension of liking to read, is that you also enjoy writing. Um, so at a young age, I'd already uh, begun my focus in, in this direction, and I stuck with it for uh, many years and until now, obviously. When I went to high school, I entered a program that exposed students to both the sciences and the humanities, and it gave us a taste of both. Eventually, in my junior year, I had to choose one path, and I ended up choosing the humanities, again, based on my love of reading. Um, I did like both, so it was a tough decision. I participated in things like the Westinghouse contest. Don't know if that's still on. Um, and science fairs, I did those. But I chose literature and humanities based on that initial early formation of, uh, of reading. When I went to college, I did my undergrad. I also majored in English and comparative literature at Brooklyn College. Um, and I eventually became the first person in my family to earn a college degree. So like many of you who are looking at an English degree or already working on one, 
Um, I chose the path because I had a passion for it. I had a real interest in it. I didn't really think about career. I didn't really think about the goal. I just wanted to, to learn. And if I could remain a perpetual student, I would have. Probably today, I would say I, I would still wouldn't mind uh, remaining a perpetual student. But it was more important to me to learn about human experience, to learn about the world, uh, to read as much as I could and discover as many authors as I could than it was to find a job. Of course, that was something that was at the back of my mind for the future, but the learning was more important to me than a career. Uh, eventually, it came to my attention as I was about to graduate undergrad that I needed to think of a job, and the thing that was proposed to me was teaching. And I think that's still common nowadays that when you take an English degree, you're told you have to teach, or this is teaching will be your direction. Uh, I was bothered by this because I was quite shy and anxious as a young man uh, about public speaking, about talking in front of groups of people. And so from my later years in undergrad and then in grad school, I was always worried about how I would be able to handle that sort of situation. Um, and this is not unusual. I guess a survey showed that for people, uh, for many people, fear of public speaking is worse than the fear of death. Right? But I was forced to do it as part of my graduate school training. And as I did it, I got better at it, became less and less nervous, and eventually grew to love it, actually. Um, in fact, now that I teach online and I'm more of an administrator than a teacher face-to-face, -face, I miss it. I miss performing and so forth. I miss talking to people and sharing uh, learning and so forth. So I have to satisfy myself with making videos like this one. But the lesson I would convey to you is not to be afraid to stretch beyond your comfort zone. Um, learn something that's outside of your experience, or your expertise, or outside of your skill set. And as you do it, the more you do it, the better you will get at it, the easier it will become, and you'll develop that new experience and build that expertise. There's an uh, old maxim, not too old, but uh, fairly old, that you need something like 10,000 hours of practice time for something to be to really be good at something. And so if you don't start doing those 10,000 hours, you'll never get to the expertise area. And a lot of times what you're anxious about is not really worth being nervous uh, about at all. So uh, that's something I, I learned and uh, actually enjoyed doing that public speaking uh, now. Um, another thing I wish I knew back then was that teaching was not the only option for me. Um, don't get me wrong, again, I love teaching, but there were a lot of other possibilities. And again, as English majors, you don't often hear about them. But I really like to say that the English degree is one of the most versatile and most adaptable degrees out there. Um, when you read a lot of literature, you develop quick reading comprehension. When you do analysis, you're able to read anything and interpret what you read. When you do research and gather sources, you develop that skill as well. When you write a lot of essays for English classes, you master written communication and you become skilled at it. When you interpret literature, you also develop empathy and emotional intelligence. Um, putting yourselves in the shoes of the characters or absorbing their emotions, understanding uh, the emotional interactions among characters in the works that you read. And I'll tell you what, those are actually the skills that are most valued in professional jobs. Time and time again, 
hiring managers, surveys of hiring managers, of human resources professionals, of CEOs, show that these traits are among the most desirable for people that are looking to hire. So it's not just teaching. These skills are definitely transferable into the professional workplace. And I just want to get you to think about that. And when you think of your career and your direction, don't box yourself in. Know that you have those skills from the work that you've done in literature, uh, in English, and don't be afraid to articulate them. Uh, don't forget, uh, don't be afraid to seek out other jobs that use these skills. Um, so look broadly and be uh, able to voice and articulate what you've mastered in your years of completing an English degree. Um, I would say my first job, actually my first real job while I was in graduate school shows this to be true. I used to work at a company with two people in the company, plus me, called Environmental Information Services. It was a small room, kind of like a large walk-in closet in lower Manhattan. And uh, what we did was produce reports on the environmental performance of Fortune 500 companies. Um, I would do the research. I would also use Excel. Uh, creating pivot tables, and I would use Access, the old Microsoft database program, which is, I think, not used too often nowadays. I would run queries in there. Um, I would write the reports and design the reports. And I was hired on the basis of my English skills. Right? I didn't have other work experience in this area. And this is kind of a STEM area, right? It's, it's science, it's environmental science, but it, it's also writing and it's also research and uh, that sort of thing. So I, I had that background in English that enabled me to go into this direction, at least for a part-time job while I was in graduate school. But I also was able to learn some technical skills at the same time, like Access, like Excel. So uh, think about that as well. Uh, what you're bringing to the table and what you can learn. You can learn the technical skills at work. You may have some classes with those in them, but you also have all the talents that you developed as uh, an English major. Um, and they can be used in a broad range of, a range of careers, uh, teaching and definitely beyond. So eventually, when I finished my graduate degree, my master's degree, I got my first teaching job here at SNHU. Um, and this was back in 2003 when online learning was still in its diapers, as I like to say. I think the online division, it's new, only had maybe 20 people in it. And now we're much, much bigger. We're a, a huge university. Uh, it's the online division by itself. And I haven't looked back since. It's 17 years later, I'm still working here and enjoying it. I've taught more than uh, well over 100 classes, and now I'm doing administrative work. The lesson I would say here is, again, similar to not being afraid to go outside of your comfort zone, to embrace new opportunities as they arise. If you see something that might be unusual, but interesting, I would say take it. Um, most of my career getting my degrees, I envisioned academia as old buildings, ivy covering the walls, having a, an office that was covered with dark wood paneling, a lot of books in there. Uh, but that's not the online environment. I couldn't conceive back then what online teaching would be like. And yet I took an online teaching job. And um, that really paid off for me. So if I hadn't been willing to, to experiment, to try something different that seemed intriguing, that seemed new and innovative, I, I wouldn't be here where, where I am now. 
So think about that as well uh, and seize the opportunities when they arise. Uh, back then, I also worked three to four different teaching jobs, and I also moved to Canada to do some teaching because these were all part-time gigs. Um, eventually, I did get a full-time position at SNHU as a teacher, a full-time faculty member, and uh, parlayed into a dean role a couple years back. Uh, even with the dean role, it uh, was something new. I had not done at university administration before, and yet I jumped in with both feet, even though I wasn't sure even what I needed to learn. I uh, had a little bit of administrative background, but uh, definitely something new. And again, I didn't hesitate, and I wanted to have this job, give it a try, and just see how it, uh, how it works. And, and you learn, you learn during the, uh, in the job, and you also have that repository of skills from um, an English degree background. So I would encourage, again, you to believe in your abilities and uh, don't hesitate to try out new roles. Uh, if the universe seems to be directing you in a certain direction, uh, take that. Don't push against where you seem to be directed. Um, if you have a rigid dream or a rigid goal, it may not be the best for you. It won't work out. Have that flexibility and, and uh, be open to things, open to new experience. Um, I like to tell the story of uh, a man who was drowning, and as he was flailing about in the water, he was waiting for God to come and save him. And the rowboat comes by. Someone reaches out and says, come here, I'll help you. He says, no, I'm waiting for divine help to get me out of this situation. A second rowboat comes by, another fisherman says, come here, I'll help you get into my boat. Again, the man who's in the water refuses to do that, says, I'm waiting for God to rescue me. Happens a third time, and eventually he drowns. When he shows up at heaven, uh, St. Peter is there, and he says, St. Peter, why didn't God save me? St. Peter responds, who do you think sent you those three rowboats? Right? So the, the moral of that parable is to uh, seize those opportunities, don't wait, and kind of be pigeonholed into perceiving something uh, the way you think it should be. Uh, be open to other possibilities and have that out-of-the-box thinking uh, in terms of career, but uh, in, in life overall as well. Also wanted to add that while doing these jobs, it took me 12 years to finish my PhD. So I want to convey that there's always hope, even if you're delayed. Um, the trajectory of your career, of your education, is not always a straight line. It rarely is, right? It's more of a zigzag path. Life happens and necessarily takes priority. You may get married, you may have children, you may get a house, you may have to work jobs before you can complete your education. I did many of these things as well. The education the PhD was on the back burner. Um, as, I mowed my, as I mowed my lawn uh, once a week, I would try to think of my dissertation, but having moved to Canada far away from where I was doing my doctorate, I was not able to concentrate on my, uh, on my work and getting that done, on my education, I should say. Uh, I had to also teach classes, and those took priority, as did paying the bills and so forth. But I did have that in mind as something I wanted to do, it was a goal that I wanted, and it, it wasn't one that was so inflexible, right, that it would be harmful to me, and I ultimately completed my PhD um, after 12 years. So um, you got to have that resilience. you got to have that grit. Don't worry if it takes a while. You'll get there if you really want it. Um, I would say don't be too firm in 
trying to hold on to something that doesn't work for you. But if you really feel like it should work and it helps you in some way to achieve that goal, certainly you can still pursue it at the same time as you're open to, open to other things and being flexible. The PhD, again, was something for personal achievement that I wanted to complete. And um, it was also something that was useful, useful for my job. I have a terminal degree in my field. And for those reasons, I did ultimately finish it. And I'm proud of having done that, even if it did take some time to get there. So keep your eyes on the prize, be resilient, and be flexible at the same time. Not, they're not contradictory. You can certainly hold both of those ideas at the same time. It's a both-and situation, not an either-or. Um, something to think about. So I hope it was useful for you to hear a little bit of my story and how I got here. I wish you all the best with your own career and getting to where you want to be too.